Good morning and welcome back to season two of BDI Resourcing's uh, <laughs> podcast series. Uh, today, um, I'm going to be joined with Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And we're going to be discussing quite a, well, a very topical topic. And I know it's one that IMGs uh, are always really interested in. It's trying to navigate uh, the uh, NHS pay scales. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's crack on. Um, so I, I guess the, the starting point for this is to uh, set out the different levels of, of, of doctor. Mm. Um, different yeah. I think the, um, the the thing to note with NHS pay scales is that they're fairly set in stone. So um, with a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of roles in other sectors, you might find that there's a lot of deviation between different, uh, sorry, between different employers. Um, but because the NHS is generally treated as kind of one, there's a fairly standardised scale which can be found online, and we'll post the um, the link to it. Uh, it gets updated every year. So there's an NHS pay circular. It's called. Um, and it is a bit, it's a bit confusing, to be perfectly honest. It's um, even confusing for us. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's lots of different bits to it. But and the first thing probably to, to ascertain is which grade you're going to be working at, because that's the first determinant of your salary. So um, I guess we'll start with the, the junior stuff. It's probably the, the most logical starting point and then work our way through to uh, speciality doctor and consultant at the top end of the scale. Yeah, no, that that sounds a good plan. Um, so I, I guess after um, really when you're d- d- looking at salaries, and just a kind of further point on that, uh, it it's really important to look at what your offer letter says, um, mm. because again there are lots of different names and, and different roles within the NHS. So if you've been successful at interview and you've got received your formal offer letter, um, the uh, the the actual job title is really going to determine what pay yeah. scale salary you're going to be on so yeah um, so if we start off at a really really uh, kind of junior level and, and we don't really get a lot of, of these types of jobs through bdi results no but i think there's quite a lot of listeners that probably do get them yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, particularly those doctors coming uh, via the, the plaid uh, route for mm-hmm. example and plaid direct to nhs jobs so fy1 foundation year one uh, i think as it's called yeah um the, the kind of starting salary for that i think it's about twenty seven thousand six hundred eighty nine pounds yeah that's right and i think the first thing to note and this is going to be consistent throughout probably the, the entirety of this podcast is that that's the basic salary so that bit just encompasses the uh, 40 hours a week that you'd be doing um obviously no doctor really works a 40 hour week uh, or very few do anyway the vast majority particularly at junior doctor level um they're expected to work weekends they're expected to work evenings nights on calls all those different things so mm. Um, the 27689, whilst it's a basic salary, there will be uplifts on top of that. So um, that salary is taken from the new scale. Uh, and the new scale includes um, uplifts for evenings, weekends, nights, long shifts, um, various uplifts according to your rota. And for any job offer that you're sent, you should be sent an accompanying rota. Uh, usually anyway, with if it's a, a more junior position, this is, um, which uh, will give you an idea of over those 12 weeks, roughly how many hours you're going to be working per week and the uplifts that come with it. So you can probably imagine that for a job in perhaps A&E where there's a, a lot of um, 
shop floor commitments and longer hours and things like that, there's probably going to be more uplifts that can go with it uh, than if you're working, say, in a planned care environment like dermatology, um, where it may be that you're seeing patients during planned clinics, nine till five, for example. Um, so the 27689 is the basic, but the uplifts will take you somewhere beyond that. Um, I think on average it's sort of high 30s usually once you put those uplifts in, but each one would be taken on its own merit. Um, um, so what, what about the next level up? Um, I guess that's uh, FY2, um, so yeah. foundation year two. And the, the starting salary for that um, on the, the new scale is £32,050. Yeah, and and exactly the same rules apply, I think, really, when it mm. comes to the, the uplifts and everything like that that go with it. Um, you're going to get beyond that, of course, and I think usually it takes you somewhere into the 40s around that kind of mark. So, um, again, it's really difficult for us to, to kind of quote you on exactly what salary you're going to be entitled to, and it will vary from hospital to hospital, from job to job, rotor to rotor, specialism to specialism, um, so you know it, it, we can't give exact figures but the basic 32050 plus the uplifts according to the rotor mm. um, okay so that kind of next stage up from that is yeah. of course kind of CT1 level mm. uh, so core training one mm-hmm. uh, starting salary for that's £37,935 and again exactly the same principles apply that is the, the base salary for 40 hours per week mm. um, and again Dependent on the rotor, uh, there will be various uplifts uh, incorporated into that as well. Mm. Um, and again, next level, uh, which it tends to be the level that, that we operate at mostly in terms of uh, the doctors that we place into the NHS, is uh, the ST3 yeah. level. Yeah, um, it's a kind of senior registrar, sometimes called senior clinical fellow, mm. uh, senior trust grade, those sorts of grades. Yeah. So. Uh, Base salary for that, or starting salary, um, is £48,075. So mm-hmm. quite quite a decent salary, really, in terms of yeah. um, if you're looking at the, the average pay for uh, someone in the UK. Uh, so I, I know we get a lot of questions from doctors saying, can can I survive in the NHS <laughs> on a salary, in the UK yeah. on that type of salary? It's actually uh, probably more than double the, the average oh, salary yeah. in the UK. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think once again, if you put the uplifts on top of that, mm. it's not unusual to see kind of high 50s, sometimes into the 60s mm. kind of mark as a total salary with the evening and weekend and on-call commitments that you get with that. So certainly a kind of, Fifty to sixty thousand pounds salary is is really really good in the UK. I mean that's enough to sustain someone living in even the most expensive areas mm-hmm. um, of the country, even in the big cities. It, it's perfectly feasible to live off of that amount of money um, quite comfortably for you and your family. So yeah, shouldn't have any issues. I know some people do worry about that, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and again with the NHS because it's never quite straightforward um, in everything <laughs> they do. So. Um, obviously, the, the new doctor contract came in, and that was for doctors that are actually in um, uh, training positions, yeah. uh, basically. Uh, so, actually, had a, a, an NHS training number. And mm. um, but again, for non-training positions, uh, which uh, again, a lot of uh, IMGs first jobs in the UK will be, some NHS trusts are still using the old old scale yeah um, and and that's the uh, probably the most well known because lots of IMGs have friends that have probably moved to the UK in the last couple of years yeah uh, and that's the, the the banding system um so banding system is slightly easier uh, to, to quantify what your exact take-home pay will be 
Um, and basically, the banding system is is again it it's it's one A one uh, A banding, one B banding, or one C banding. I mm. think it is one C banding is pretty rare. I don't really see it. No. Um, one A banding, um, it, it really that's the kind of top end. Uh, so that yeah. means that from your base salary, you will get an uplift of fifty percent of your base salary. Yeah. Um, and with one B banding, that's a forty percent uplift. So, um, but the difference between one A and one B is, is really just the intensity of the work. Yeah. Uh, for one A banding, I think it's circa fifty two yeah. hours per week. Yeah, it's around that mark. Mm. We, we'll post it afterwards. I, I can't quite remember off the top yeah. of my head, but um, yeah, it's bit beyond uh, a certain number of hours attracts one A. And below that attracts one B, but it's a. I think it's around the fifty hours per week on average. Mark, mm. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So the basic salaries that come along with the old banding system are much easier to calculate um, than than on the new scale, in my opinion. Um, so it, it's a straightforward years of experience calculation. Starts around the thirty thousand pound mark, and then there's an increment goes right up the way to. Uh, about 48,000. This goes up every year, usually with inflation or the NHS pay rises. So it does change a little bit. But again, we'll we'll post a link to the exact um, NHS pay circular so that you can have a look yourselves. Um, but yeah, straightforward. If you've got three years of experience, it'll put you on point three and that will attract a certain basic salary right the way up to, I think it goes as far as about 10 years of experience mm. to the top mark, uh, which is around 48,000. So yeah, um, the the kind of total salaries tend to work out roughly the same as as on the new contract. There's not too much of a difference. Um, I think the the main thing to note is that the the new scale has uh, very rigid basic salaries, but very flexible in terms of the uplifts because it's completely determined by the um, the hours that you're working. So those uh, jobs that attract more hours are going to attract more salary, um, which some might argue is fairer. Mm-hmm. And then the older system, uh, the basic salary is a bit more flexible because you can base it on your years of experience, but you're either going to attract no banding, a 1B banding or a 1A banding, which is either going to be the basic salary on its own, the 40% for 1B or 50% uplift for 1A. Um and in in most cases that I think they work out to be roughly the same. Usually if we if we find that we've got a doctor who we've got two or three offers for and one's out of one pay scale and the other one or two are out of the other pay scale, there doesn't tend to be a great deal of difference between the two. So don't certainly don't panic if it's on one and not the other. Um, the fact that it's on the what we would normally call the older scale isn't isn't really anything to be concerned about. Um, you might find that if you go into a training post later on, then you migrate onto the new scale. But again, you won't notice huge amounts of difference or anything like that. And generally over the long term, these things kind of work themselves out. Um, so that's the kind of junior doctor scales in a nutshell, unless you can think of anything else to, to add to that, Ryan. Um, I, I mean, just the, the kind of caveat, I guess it applies to pretty much all of uh job offers that come out um is that you will get a broad range of salaries um yeah and i think it's uh, i think that's where people start to panic a little bit um where um, and and maybe fixate on the top end um yes. so uh, <laughs> so the best way to to circumvent that is get your um experience certificate sent over to the, the hr department um mm. and they'll be able to fix uh look at the, those experience certificates 
and be able to fix you on the, the point and scale that you should be on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, I think where IMGs receive an offer letter with a broad scale, uh, it causes quite a lot of confusion. Mm. Um, and again, one thing I would certainly say is don't accept a job offer without having your uh, uh, salary <laughs> yeah. actually calculated mm. Um, mm. first and first of all. Um, so, uh, yeah, as you said, Dan, that's, that kind of takes care of the, the more junior doctors. Mm-hmm. Another um, type of job that a lot of IMGs get offered um, as a first job and non-training yeah. is a uh, specialty doctor. And that's quite different yeah. uh, to the way, well, your, your salary is calculated in quite a different way to yeah. um, the, the, the kind of your old or new um, doctor's contracts. Yeah. Um, so that's done in a PA system, um, mm. which, uh, again, if that's uh, if you, you don't know what PA is, it's a programmed activity. Um, so what tends to happen with special adult scale is the actual base salary, again, it's calculated on 40 hours, yeah. tends to be higher. Um, but the reason for that is that they're not using a rotor system to calculate the additional uplift, yeah. nor are they using a, uh, a banding system to, again, calculate the uplift. Mm. It's done on a PA basis. Uh, mm. So each PA equates to four hours of work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it might be a four hour clinic, four hour ward round, four hour surgery session, whatever it might be. Every doctor's activity is broken down into four hours. Kind of make sure that um, they're not doing the same thing for too long. And obviously with that comes patient safety. And it's, it's quite rare uh, that you, you've got to get a specialty doctor role offered that's just going to be 10 PAs, which again equates to mm. 40 hours. Mm. It tends to be additional PA, uh, PAs. Um, so it could be what well, well what's quite common is, is 12 pa contracts isn't it yeah. so that i guess that's 48 hours per week yeah um so for each the way that you calculate your salary uh, for uh, the pa system is that take the the base salary you've been offered divide it by 10 multiply it by the number of pas that's yeah. that's the way i do it yeah basically the, the the basic salary is based on 40 hours a week so work it out from there if you've got 12 pas you're going to be doing 48 hours and you can work it out from there. Um, I think the other th- the, the other point that I always make to people about the speciality doctor pay scale is that it, it, it's a much broader range. And I think people think of it as being more attractive because mm. it starts at 40,000 and goes right the way up to 74,000 for, um, for the top end. Uh, so I think some people go, oh, well, actually, that, that's much higher than the 48,000 that gets offered on the new junior doctor contract or the... Um, even the 48,000 that's at the top end and the old doctor contract. But I think the bit you've got to keep in mind is that this encompasses uh, much more years of experience for doctors. So it's a little bit, well, it, it actually starts, the point that it starts much lower at 40,000. Someone could be entering that having done two years of foundation year and two years of core training. So it's kind of anywhere from that point onwards. So you probably need four years of experience to get yourself to point one on the scale and then from that point onwards um you're talking uh, there's 18 points on that scale so whilst that that salary of 74661 right at the very top there may seem like a, a more attractive uh kind of proposition if you're looking at jobs and thinking oh well I, it'd be better for me to go speciality doctor the reality is that point on the pay scale is probably aimed at someone that's got 20 years plus experience so it could be in reality someone that's for all intents and purposes a consultant that's maybe just not passed their cct Mm. or something along those lines so don't always expect to be right at the very top of that pay scale um and the other thing to note when you're looking at this uh online on the um 
on the pay circular is that there's two thresholds as well. Uh, and those thresholds denote certain things that you need to have completed in your career. So you might find yourself at the top point of threshold one or the top point of threshold two before you can get onto the next one. So it's not just a straightforward case of, okay, if I go speciality dots out, I'll be coming straight in at the top. 74,000 so you know don't get too um too fixated on the top end of that scale again i think because it, it is generally reserved for doctors who've got kind of 20 years plus experience yeah. so quite senior doctors absolutely and, and i think the, the the thing with the nhs as well is that um they they will offer a fair salary mm. depending on your experience uh, and i think yeah. that there's certainly there's no agenda to, to pay international doctors less or anything yeah. like that. Usually, um, where you're off, if you're offered the, the bottom end of the salary, just question it. Uh, that would be my advice. Um, yeah. Usually, um, it will just be a case that somebody's looked at. You haven't supplied your years of experience or certificate experience or um, your references. Uh, once you've done that, the HR it becomes easier for the HR departments to calculate mm-hmm. where you should be on the scale. Mm-hmm. So, and again, um, just um, a, a kind of point about uh, British people don't particularly like talking about money, I guess. It's a quite an awkward sub- yeah. subject. Uh, but don't 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 uh, don't feel bad about going back and, and saying, look, uh, I'm not sure about this. This is where I think I should be. Yeah. Uh, most most HR departments are fairly accommodating about it. Yeah, very accommodating. And I think as well, just don't don't kind of rule out a job because you see a, a, a range of pay scales or you see the bottom one, for example. Um it's often the case that when offering, in particular junior doctors, it might be that there's 20 or 30 offer letters going out every week across the whole hospital, of course, because mm-hmm. there's thousands of employees there. Um, and actually the HR department just, they're received, uh, sorry, they're, they're provided with uh, a name, an address, the contact details for you as a doctor and the job title that you should be given. Uh, they then use that as a, a kind of, uh, a template, if you like, mm. to send out the offer letter. They're, it's not their job, unfortunately, to to go through and recognise all the years of experience and all that kind of thing. So whilst they might just write down the range of salaries, it doesn't mean that you're going to be on the bottom point yeah. on that salary or anything like that. You just need to go back to them and say, okay, can you clarify which point on the scale I'm going to be on? And perhaps they'll ask you to um, to provide some evidence to to, prov- uh, to prove your experience. Mm. But yeah. I'm glad to say that the consultant pay scale is uh, certainly more straightforward and that's certainly one that we enjoy working with yeah. the most. Uh, <laughs> far easier to calculate. Yeah. So the starting point for the consultant pay scale is 79,860. Uh, and that goes all the way up to 107,668. Yep, exactly. And again, it is calculated uh, on incremental points according to years of experience, usually years of experience at consultant level. So that's a really important thing to clarify. It doesn't mean uh, you'll be put on point 10 if you've got 10 years of overall experience, but only two of those are at consultant level. Mm-hmm. It will start from the year that you started working as a consultant. Um Internationally, of course, job titles vary. So in the UK, um, what's called a consultant, uh, in another country, maybe called a specialist or something along those lines. The best thing you can do um, in order to make sure those years are recognised, if, if you've been called a specialist or something along those, or associate consultant, something along those lines, um, is get something in writing from your employer, wherever you were at that time, saying that I worked independently at an equivalent level to consult and make sure you provide that to the HR department or to the uh, department that you're going to be working in so that they recognise all of the years that you've been 
doing a consultant level job, um, even if it had a, a different equivalent title. Um, I think in particular with consultants as well, it's really important, it's a good point, Dan, to get that right to, at the start because yeah. um, there, there are different levels of authorization for consultant salaries. So we have had unfortunate incidents in the past where, um, or we've heard stories about it, where um, it can take weeks uh, to actually get that uh, salary confirmed because yeah. uh, because of the seniority and because of the level of authorization it is to rec- recognize the experience. It's far better to kind of get your ducks in a row uh, before. Yeah, get those certificate uh, mm. experience certificates before you apply for your jobs is probably the best time to do it really. Um, and you can then provide them along with your CV and you can provide them uh, when you made your offer, whenever you need to, but it'll mean that you get those years of experience recognized quickly. Um, so yeah, additional PAs as well do uh, do occur on consultant scale. So in exactly the same way as we described for speciality doctor, um, if you work 44 hours or 48 hours, you'll attract 11, uh, 11 PAs or 12 PAs uh, respectively. Um, so that kind of covers off most of the scales. Mm-hmm. The other thing we wanted to talk about was uh, how to calculate your, your take-home pay because it's something that a lot of people ask is obviously everywhere in the world's got different tax systems um and the uk uh has what's called a progressive tax system which means that uh the lower tax brackets are for people who have got lower incomes and then they increase incrementally i think there is a massive misconception here often that people say oh well i'll be taxed 40 percent of that and actually that's not the case at all because the first eleven thousand pounds that you earn is tax free. Um, the next uh, thirty two thousand on top of that is only taxed at twenty percent, and it's only anything you earn over forty three thousand pounds which is taxed at forty percent. So, if you're a doctor on the junior doctor scale, um, say at the top point earning maybe sixty thousand, remember eleven thousand of that you won't pay a penny in tax on. Uh, the next thirty two thousand pounds of that you'll pay only twenty percent tax on. And then uh, beyond that, so maybe on the last 17,000, you'd pay 40% tax. So it's not quite as um, as bad as people think sometimes. Yeah. I think they hear that headline figure of 40% and get a bit scared, but it's not it's certainly not that bad. Absolutely. And I think the, the other thing as well is that, uh, again, that there's lots of useful uh, salary, UK salary yeah. tax calculators available online, just punching the numbers once you've got your... Um, uh, your your salary fixed from from your um, employer, and they'll they'll break it down exactly what amount of tax you'll be paying per week, per month, per year, etc. As well, and remember, in the UK, tax is deducted, deducted at source, um, so you you're not going to have to fill in tax returns or anything like that. Um, if you're PAYE, which is pay as you earn. Um, it's going to be deducted um, and your, your salary from the hospital, basically. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good idea to look at the salary calculators. If you just type in salary calculator UK, um, it'll throw out the figures and it usually gives them a monthly breakdown. So you can kind of figure out against the cost of living. And we've done some really interesting blog posts about the cost of living, um, which might be worth looking at. So you can kind of compare roughly what rent's going to be versus how much you're taking home every month and that kind of thing. Um Final point, I think, from us on this one was just about how you can earn a few extra yeah. pounds if, in your salary. If you're crazy if you, enough to want to work. Yeah, if you want to work some more hours. hours. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a good point. Particularly, when, I think, when you first start in the, working in the UK, um, uh, you, you can earn some, some 
quick money. Mm. Um, so basically, that's it's either going to be working via the bank, which yeah. is um, not not the the bank that you bank with, uh, but <laughs> the the bank in the, the the NHS bank, if you like, which is their um, their internal. Um, yeah, it's like their internal locum system, really, yeah. isn't it? You can pick up extra shifts in your own hospital and that kind of thing, or maybe even neighbouring hospitals. And, and that usually attracts a premium as well. It's, paid, it's an hourly yeah. rate, and obviously that will vary per uh, per grade, but it tends to be slightly more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Than... I think some people do it as well, just to get a bit of exposure to mm. other departments and things like that. If you're a junior doctor working in med, but you want to do a bit of work in surgery, for example, you can pick up an extra shift here and there just to get some... Um, some exposure to it uh, more at the junior level yeah, that, but, yeah. Uh, the other way of course is to, to go and work through an agency to do some locum shifts yeah. I wouldn't really recommend that for somebody who has just started in the NHS I, I would say give yourself yeah. six months Yeah. Uh, because again you, you've got to be thrown into a fairly alien environment it might be a, a different NHS trust mm-hmm. where you don't know the local protocols you don't know where things are yeah. uh, and uh uh, so it can be slightly risky, I would say. Yeah, you're definitely expected to know what you're doing yeah. from the moment you arrive at the hospital. So it might not be the, the but, best place to start. But, but certainly but, once you, yeah. you've you've got used to the NHS system and, you, and you're fairly confident, mm. uh, it's certainly some, an avenue worth exploring. And um, again, as you mentioned, Dan, about getting experience of working in different NHS hospitals, yeah. building up your network within the UK if you want to move on at a later date, etc. is really good, really useful. Um, and uh, the, the kind of big benefit with agencies is they do tend to pay weekly. Um, That's true, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to maybe working on a bank uh, where it would just be Six kind months, of monthly there. Yeah. So, uh, but again, do your due diligence on the agency. Yeah, do some research yeah. and yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the final point to note on that is probably that if, you, if you're here on a tier two visa, which I know a lot of the listeners will be mm. um, or will planning to be, uh, you can only work 20 additional hours on your tier two visa. So... Um, I think actually you could probably work as many additional hours as you want in your own trust, but 20 hours, sorry, uh, if you were going to an external agency or to another hospital or another bank. So yeah, just keep a note of that and make sure that you're not um, exceeding that, of course. Um, I think that pretty much concludes uh, this podcast on NHS salaries. I hope it's been useful for everyone listening. Um, Do stay tuned in or tune in next time. Uh, The second episode of this series is going to be about training posts versus non-training posts is another really uh, key one that we get asked loads of questions about so um we will we will speak to you next time good thanks for listening thank you Bye-bye.